You're listening to Standing in the Gap. Standing in the Gap is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exposition of scriptures. I'm your host and podcast preacher, Brandon Harrell. I'm the pastor of Bethesda Baptist Church in East Flat Rock, nestled here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, where I've served for the past 10 years. I pray the podcast will bless your life as we study God's Word together. again to dig into the book of Jude. We're studying this little epistle concerning the apostasy of the last days and uh, we've seen so far the admonition that calls us to fight in verses 3 and 4. Jude said that he uh, felt it was needful to exhort us that we would earnestly contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints because there were certain men crept in unawares and uh, calling us to the defense of the gospel. Paul said, I am set for the defense of the gospel, and so it ought to be in our lives. Then we saw the attributes that characterize the foe in verses 5 down through verse 19. Uh, We saw the different characteristics. We saw some illustrations of what the apostates look like and some examples of apostasy throughout the scriptures. But now we're moving into this latter section. We've been studying the actions that cultivate faithfulness. We saw in verse 20, he says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. We said that the first aspect of the actions that cultivate faithfulness is the edification of the saints and that it involves construction, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. And uh, this is a uh, personal responsibility as well as a cooperative program among the people of God. We do this as we study the Word together uh, in the local church as well as when we study personally and spend time with the Lord. Uh, The edification of the saints. It involves construction. But now we're considering that it also involves supplication. He says in the latter part of verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. We've been dealing with this subject of prayer for several weeks and uh, looking at the idea of prayer. uh, We thought about what the word means as the idea of to want or to wish for as well as to worship. Prayer is worship and it's also a time wherein we bring our requests to God. We make our requests known to God as the scripture says and depend upon him for our relief and our help as we reverence him. Uh, So we thought about this exhortation to prayer. We thought about what prayer is, where we can do it, how we ought to be, uh, what position we ought to be in when we do it. And now we're looking at the example of prayer. And we thought about the Lord Jesus, how that when he prayed, the disciples heard him, and then they said, Lord, teach us to pray And uh, we're in Matthew 6 a little bit here looking at the pattern or the model prayer, the Lord's model prayer. And we've been just breaking this down. It says to us in the book of Matthew chapter number 6, he says in verse 9, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
this model prayer given unto us by the Lord. Uh, we've seen that it can be a prayer that is recited. He says in Luke's account, he says, when ye pray, say. And there's nothing wrong with reciting this as a prayer if it comes from the heart and we're uh, being reverent and attentive to the words that are coming out of our mouths. But it's also given as a model, in other words, a pattern whereby we can mold our own prayers. And in this model prayer, there are, if you will, uh, headings to each group of requests that we might have. We saw, as we thought about this, first of all, that prayer is a relationship. And we're told here some instruction of how to address God. He says, uh, when ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. And the Lord is our Father, and He is in heaven. He loves us and cares for us, and He's able to meet whatever need we have. He is in heaven. And even though He's our Father, we are to be reverent. That was our next thought. Hallowed be thy name. Though we have a relationship with God as our Father, we are to reverence Him as holy, as God, as other than ourselves. He is God, and He ought to be addressed as such. There's no man upstairs business in the heart of the Christian. We understand that God is God, and we reverence him. Then there's a, 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 a request here for redemption. He says, thy kingdom come. This is a good opportunity in your prayers, a good place in your prayers to pray for your pastors, to pray that, they're, uh, that they would be given boldness and unction to proclaim the word of God faithfully, that sinners would hear, that they would come to know him, that they would be saved, and then finally that we would be carried out of this world. Even so, come, uh, Lord Jesus. So redemption. Then there's a tone of resignation here. He says, he says in verse 10, Thy will be done. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And we are to resign ourselves to the will of God in prayer. We we tell the Lord what we want. We ask the Lord for the things we desire, but we, uh, we are willing to resign ourselves to whatever it is that he gives and be content with such things as we have. And there's a note of reliance here. Give us this day our daily bread, uh, depending upon the Lord day by day for that that we need, for the strength to work, for the skill to accomplish our jobs, and then for the provision that we need, and uh, utterly relying upon him daily for what we need. And then there's a tone of remission here. Uh, we are to pray in uh, our prayers about forgiveness. We ought to ask the Lord to forgive us. He says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remission enjoyed, enjoyed by the people of God. But then there is remission extended. We said, uh, as he says here, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We will be forgiven by him. And this deals with our fellowship to the same degree that we forgive others. And we ought to forgive others as well. He said, uh, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And so we are to be a forgiving people if we are to enjoy the forgiveness of God. Well, today as we come to the final verse of this Lord's Prayer here in verse 13, it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
I would uh, kind of put this heading upon this this part of the first part of this verse, and that is a tone of regulation in our prayers. In other words, asking God to regulate our lives and to lead us not into temptation and to deliver us from evil. The Lord is the regulator of our temptation, and uh, he allows it or he forbids it. We see this real thoroughly in the life of Job. You remember how the, the devil went before the Lord, and he asked him, where have you been? He said, I've been walking to and fro in the earth. And, uh, of course, we know that Peter tells us he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And, of course, there the Lord suggested to him Job. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Obviously, the devil has. And he says, sure, but you've got a hedge about him. I can't get to him. And we learn a valuable lesson there in the book of Job that whatever the devil is permitted to do, he is permitted to do by the God of heaven. He can go no further than God would allow. Our Lord is omnipotent and the devil is on a short leash. But we think about this regulation and that's what we have in mind when we, when we read, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Albert Barnes comments in a helpful way on these uh, on this verse. He says, quote, God tempts no man. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Of course, he's quoting James 1, 13 and 14 there. But he goes on and says, this phrase then must be used in the sense of permitting. Do not suffer us or permit us to be tempted to sin. In this, it is implied that God has such control over the tempter as to save us from his power if we call upon him. The word temptation, however, means sometimes trial, affliction, or anything that tests our virtue. If this be the meaning here, as it may be, then the import of the prayer is, do not afflict or try us. It is not wrong to pray that we may be saved from suffering, if it be the will of God. And here's the bottom line. God is in control of the temptation that we face. He permits it. He allows it. And there's a note of responsibility here, too, because it says, lead us not into temptation. A lot of times we fall into temptation simply because we've gotten off track of following the Lord. If we follow the Lord as he leads us, uh, not only will we avoid much of the temptation that we do, we ought not uh, seek out self-inflicted temptations and trials. But if we do go then through temptations and trials, we will be in the perfect will of God and it'll be far easier to overcome those temptations. The devil is throwing fiery darts, and we are to trust God and follow God, and we can withstand those fiery darts. He would tempt us to sin. We meet, We need to address where that comes from, as he quoted there in James. It is from inward. It is inwardly. He said man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lusts. And we know those problems that we have in our lives, those weaknesses, and we ought to commend those unto the Lord, commit those unto God, and follow his leadership. But he is ultimately uh, sovereign over what we face. And if we follow him, then we will face only what we can bear. He says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But the Lord will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able 
but will with the temptation make a way of escape. That goes for trials. That also goes for solicitations to do evil. The Lord, uh, we should depend upon him. We should pray unto him to lead us not into temptation. Of course, we don't want temptation. Of course, we don't want trial. Uh, and uh, it's all right to pray, Lord, don't let me face those things. But it's all right. Uh, but it's also necessary that if we do, we don't get upset with God and angry with God, but yet follow him in the midst and then he says, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Rescue us from the dangers of those temptations. Uh, pull us out of the dangerous uh, uh, circumstances that those trials that may often bring us into. Uh, we we want to be delivered from Satan. Uh, we want to be delivered from his power. And the Lord is well able to do that. We want to be uh, delivered from this present evil world. This is also uh, the idea of being of praying that we would be taken out of this life. We groan, don't we, as God's children. We groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, as Paul says it. And uh, that's part of what's implied in this prayer. Deliver us from evil. Don't we long for the day where we'll be out of the presence of this world and into the presence of our Lord. And then lastly, as we think about this prayer, there are the reasons. He says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are to pray unto our Father. We are to depend upon him. We are to ask forgiveness of him. We are to, uh, we are to uh, seek his regulation of temptations in our lives and give us our daily bread. Because his is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's a reminder of who God is. We are to pray that his will be done and that he would be glorified in everything that he does in our lives. Uh, what a great model prayer. I hope that these weeks have helped you as we've studied them. We'll get back into the book of Jude next week and there in verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. We're going to study the environment of prayer, praying in the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Till next time, this has been Pastor Brandon. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, you can find our church's website at www.BethesdaBaptistEastFlatRock.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at PreacherB underscore BBC. If you'd like to watch our services live streamed, you can do that on Facebook at Bethesda Baptist East Flat Rock. God bless you till we meet again.